Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning. You're listening to a day of prayer's morning Bible study. We're so glad you can join us, but before we get into the word, let us take this opportunity to open up in prayer. Lord, I just thank you for today, Lord. I just thank you for inviting your, having your Holy Spirit come into us, Lord, and that he lives inside of us, Lord, so that way we don't have to go or do anything without him, Lord. Lord, I also just invite you into our midst, Lord, so that way you can continue to minister and to show us what you have for us in these morning Bible studies, Lord, so that way we can get out everything you want for us to get out of it, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, good morning. Welcome, everybody, to, uh, to our continued study in Romans. We are in chapter 7, and today we're going to go through verses 7 through 12. So could I get a volunteer to read that section of scripture, please? I will. All right, I promise. What shall we say, then? Is the law... Sin? Certainly not. On the contrary, I would not have known sin except through the law. For I would not have known covetousness unless the law had said, You shall not covet. But sin, taking opportunity by the commandment, producing in me all manner of evil desire, for apart from the law, for apart, for a, apart from the law, sin was dead. I was alive once without the law, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. In the commandment, which was to bring light, I found to bring death. For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it killed me. <coughs> Therefore, the law is holy, and the commandment is holy and just and good. Mm-hmm. All right, so I'm going to open the floor for each of you to share with the Holy Spirit speaking and ministering to you, and of course, to ask any questions that you have. All right? Yes. Okay, so who would like to begin? I guess I will begin. All right, Charles. I just found it very interesting where he was talking about how he didn't know what about coveting until the law said do not covet. And it just, the Lord just showed me that there's a difference between people who are actually had no knowledge of they're not supposed to do this and people who willingly knew that they were not supposed to sin and do this action but they went with it and it also just remind me of how um, one second Oh, and also remember how uh, sometimes I may not know I want something until it's brought up. It's similar here. He's not saying that he wanted sin, but he was saying that once it was mentioned and brought up, he was curious and wanted to go do it, I would say, because he didn't know that it was there. And he was saying that if he the law had not said do not covet, he wouldn't have coveted because he had no knowledge of what that was. And the same is true in our lives. There's we have all well, we I need. I don't know that that's exactly what he's saying. But he didn't know. 
uh, he, he wasn't covetous until the law said do not covet. He would not have known. Or you could also look at it. He would not have understood what is meant. Right? So yes. we'll, let's, let's look at... Well, let's say school or education, right? Yes. There are things that you do, actions, behaviors, whatever, right? That you've done your whole life. But what happens during school? You learn new things. You're educated about them. And now there is a term, a phrase, or right? Yes. Something to that effect that allows you to articulate. And define what that action or behavior is, right? Yes. Which then does what? It increases your awareness and understanding of the thing you have been doing the entire time. Yes? Yes. yes. Does, that, does that not sound more like what's happening here? Where Paul's like, I wouldn't have known or really understood, but now because there's a term. It says, do not do this. Do not covet. Do not commit adultery. Do not. Those are all actions and behaviors that clearly had been happening the entire time. Right? Yes. Okay. And you can even look at that through, um, we'll say the process, right? With, with sin. Because we're, we're discussing, and Paul in this section is continuing discussing sin. And its impact on our life, right? Yes. yes. Sin, when it reaches its fullness, brings forth death, right? But it didn't start as sin. It started as a thought, right? Yes. Uh, a lust, a coveting of something, right? Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life. Yes? Yes. It, start, it didn't start as an action. It started as a thought, an idea. And then the person acts upon it, right? Yes. Now again, we should, un should know and understand because when Christ explained it, what the law meant, he said, no, it's not the action or the behavior. It's if you already did this in your heart. Right? Yes. If you already entertained this in your heart, if this was already in you with the desire to do it, you're guilty. Right? Yes. And some people can say, oh, well, he moved the, moved the goalpost, right? Mm -hmm. He didn't. We had just misunderstood what was meant and intended the entire time, which further proves why it is impossible to be blameless and sinless without Christ, without the leading of the Lord through his Holy Spirit in our lives. And why holding on to the law is wrong. Absolutely. The contrast has to be there. Absolutely. Yeah. You cannot follow the law without Christ. You can't follow it because we didn't understand it without Christ. We understood in part. But Christ not only understood in full, he carried it out in full. Does that make sense to everybody? Yes. Okay. I like what you said about like equating it to school. So as an example... Um, you know, growing up, <clears throat> we knew that if we knocked something off the table, it fell to the ground. Absolutely. Right. So we saw things fall, Yep. but we didn't understand it in relationship to gravity and mass and density and all the other things that go along with 
the law of gravity, which God established that law as well, too. So then we had a fuller knowledge of it. Absolutely. Um, I, I like, I, I was telling you um, earlier that I really have been enjoying reading um, Romans with the Passion Translation. Yes. And I'd like to read 9 through 12. Please do. In the Passion Translation. Well, Charles, I think this might, I think you might like this as well, too. I, I think it, um, I want to be careful. I'm not, I'm not, um, saying that this um, version is good or bad or whatever. I just think it's a, it's a good way to consider this section. <clears throat> so uh, beginning at verse 9. I once lived without a clear understanding of the law, but when I heard God's commandments, sin sprang to life and brought with it a death sentence. The commandment that was intended to bring life brought me death instead. Sin, by means of the commandment, built a base of operation within me to overpower me and put me to death. So then, we have to conclude that the problem is not with the law itself, for the law is holy and its commandments are correct and for our good. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, just again, I just like the way that it said it. You just Absolutely. It, and that is another good thing about various translations, right? And the Lord can, it's the word of the Lord. Right, and the Lord can speak to you in a number of different ways through a number of different translations. Right, um, that one clearly just spoke and, and ministered to you in a different way, and and that's good. Well, again, just um, it helps me conceptualize it. But you know me; I love going back to the interlinear, to Absolutely. the original text, and looking at the original words and looking at the original definition of the words. So mm-hmm. there's there's more to do here. But just thinking about how, like you were saying, with bringing in a different aspect of it the, the these what was there was always there absolutely it's what sin did to it is really the the challenge and there's nothing wrong with the law the law is good yes it is for my benefit mm-hmm. right because and so we could get into we could really <laughs> jump into a lot of stuff there i, I don't want to do that i just wanted to share this because i like the fact that it's more in plain english so it makes it a little bit easier to to grasp absolutely so absolutely do you have anything else you wanted to share, sir? No. Or what about anyone else? What's the Holy Spirit speaking and ministering to each of you? Don't all jump at once. Well, verse 7 kind of caused me to look at myself where it says what shall we say then is the law sin certainly not um just that part um mm-hmm. it just reminded me of human uh humans desire if you will or natural response to try to pawn it off on somebody else and blame them and go well it's your fault that i failed like i've caught myself multiple times in life when mommy and dad have asked me why why aren't the chores done say the counters why aren't the counters wiped off correctly well it's promise's fault because he had the rag promise was supposed to do the counters okay so why didn't you make sure the counters were done well that was promise's job it's an unacceptable answer and so how humans tend to want to pass the buck pawn off the responsibility onto somebody else instead of owning up for what they're um 
they did or didn't do. And you see Paul addressing that where he said, well, shall we say that the law creates sin? Well, no, it doesn't. So just kind of calling that out before it's even a, a, a thought or an attempt made to try to discredit the word of God. And I thought it was good. Which part was good? Just we see Paul um, nipping things in the bud, not allowing the enemy to have a foothold or try to create strife and contention mm-hmm. between these people. And just Paul coming in and setting order to things and like making a clear distinguishing line, like black and white. This is the standard. This is what you're supposed to be following. This is right. And this is this over here is wrong. So, yes, that's what I thought was good. Okay. Now, I, I agree with you. But let's look because that verse 7 builds off of verses 5 and 6, right? From chapter 7. For when we were in the law, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law were at work in our members to bear fruit unto death. Right? We are talking about that, I believe, the last episode. Right? How there's multiple times in, the, in, in chapters 6 the second half of chapter six and chapter seven where he's continually asking about fruit and what's the fruit that's being born, right? Or the fruit yes. that we're seeing and experiencing in our lives, right? Yes. In verse six, but now we have been delivered from the law, having died to what we were held by so that we should serve in the newness of the spirit and not the oldness of the leather. letter. Excuse me. So what shall we say then? Is the law sin? Certainly not, right? Yes. And then what we were already discussing. And now understand differently. These things were always there. Gravity was always there. It is a law that is put in place, right? Just like, yes. and you've heard us discuss many times. There are spiritual laws. Some are known, right? Some have been revealed to us is what I mean by known. And some not yet, right? Yes. There is the law of sin and death. And... Guess what? It is overcome by Christ, by his atoning work on the cross, right? Yes. Okay. Just like there is gravity. And gravity is overcome by lift and thrust. Yes? Yes. Okay. Just because you choose not to believe in gravity doesn't mean that it doesn't exist and now you can fly off, right? <laughs> it, it's, that's an impossibility. <laughs> and you would be laughed at, right? By yes. Anyone with knowledge of gravity. Okay, well, there are spiritual laws as well. Just because someone may choose to not believe in them doesn't take away the fact that they exist and that they are in, I'll say play, but they're in effect, right? Yes. Um, but also, so let's go back because we read in verse 5 and 6, um, and Paul is addressing this throughout this entire chapter which is why when he, when we get to chapter 8 he brings out a few points in the first few verses right and and uh, I'll we'll skip ahead just briefly I want to read verses 2 and 3 right um well first in verse 1 he says there's no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus and then he says for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Same thing he keeps reiterating in chapter 6, end of chapter 6, and up to this point through in chapter 7, right? And then he says, For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, 
God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh on account of sin. And he condemned sin in the flesh that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their mind on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. Right? Now, I'll bring this up because, yes, he's talking about sin. He's talking about sin in context, a relation with the law. And the last episode I said, you know, for those that um, want to read ahead, if you will, also look at Hebrews 9 and 10, right? Where, well, some would say Paul and some would say Luke wrote it, right? Um, My thought or belief is that it was Paul. However... What is he writing about, especially in 9 and 10? The sanctuary prepared by the Lord, right? But he also, starting in verse 6, is talking about the limitations of earthly service and of sacrifices made and given, right? Yes. To cleanse us from sin, right? To atone for our sin, right? Um, One second here. Oh, yeah. And, and it also goes into exactly what we we're talking about in verse 7, right? Um, the second part, the high priest went alone once a year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the people's sins committed in ignorance. Right? Yes. So without knowledge of. They were doing it and they did not know it or understand it. Is that sound an awful lot like what we were just discussing with what you brought up, LeCharles? Yes. Absolutely. All right. And then he continues as the Holy Spirit indicating this. That, that's key, <laughs> right? That's why we have the Holy Spirit. He sent us. He, it is his role. Part of his role is to convict us of sin, right? Yes. And, and the Lord explains that in where he's discussing the Holy Spirit in the Gospel of John, Right. This is part of the the role and the working and understanding, right? Because people didn't understand sin. So we have the Holy Spirit to indicate this. And then he says that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest while the first tabernacle was still standing. And he begins to to lay out this um, pattern example, right? And in verse 11, he gets to it where he said, it was talking about the heavenly sanctuary. He says, but Christ came as high priest of the good things to come with the greater and more perfect tabernacle not made with hands that is not of the, this creation and not with the blood of goats and calves but with his own blood he entered the most holy place once and for all having obtained eternal redemption right and then in verse 13 he gets into if the blood of bulls and goats and ashes of heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies for the puring of the flesh how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God. And then he exhorts us, exhorts us, excuse me, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God. How much more will this happen, right? Yes. Okay. And then he explains, for this reason, he's the mediator of the new covenant. 
by means of death for the redemption of transgressions under the first covenant, that those who are called may receive the promise of eternal inheritance. All right, and then he goes on to explain why our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ's death was necessary, right? And the greatness of his sacrifices. And in chapter 10, he goes in to explaining why the sacrifices of bulls and goats was insufficient. Exactly what we just read in the first couple um, sections, verses of chapter 8 in Romans, right? Yes. There was a limitation. It was weak in the flesh. But Christ, coming in sinful flesh, right? And by sinful flesh, in human form, right? Yes. Made us clean by sacrificing his own blood, which is where we get into Hebrews 10, 5, right? Um, well, I'll say verse 4 first. He says, well, I shall read verses 3 and 4. The chapter two, uh, Hebrews 10, verses 3 and 4. But in those sacrifices, that is bulls and goats, there is a reminder of sins every year. For it is not possible that the blood of bulls and goats could take away sin. And then in verse 5, Therefore, when he, that is Jesus, came into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me, and burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin you have no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the volume of the book it is written of me to do your will, O God. Right? Yes. And in there, he says how he takes away the first that he may establish the second. And by that will, the Lord's will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. Right? So in other words, Christ's death perfects the sanctified. The sanctified being set apart for the Lord, being bondservants. We are free from the law of sin and death. Right? Yes. yes. It's not as a result of our sin. But the Lord understood our sin. And while we were still in sin or while we were still enemies, he made a way for us to be like him. Not just in his image, but in his likeness. He's our pattern example. We're to be conformed to his image. Got a question for you, John. Absolutely. Would you, if time allows, would you expand on that a little bit in that um, our freedom is our freedom as a spiritual being. It is not our freedom as a fleshly being. Because Absolutely. It, as, as I understand it, it's because of, well, number one, time does not exist for God. So, mm-hmm. we, so when we were baptized and raised back up out of the water, um, that was our physical death. And God regards it as our physical death, even though our physical body has not begun to rot. We exist as spiritual beings. Could you kind of like bring that a little, fu- a little more fullness in that? Because to say we are free when our flesh is still not, still struggles with the, the full release of that freedom. How about that? That's, a, that's as positive a way as I can say it. Okay, so the, there's a couple different things. And um, see, see, you brought you brought up baptism, right? And the 
I'll say symbolism, right? Right, or it being symbolic of our natural death, burial, and resurrection into Christ as a new right. creation, the, right? The, the death of the flesh, absolutely, but and not of the spirit. Correct. Because the, the spirit was born at that point. Absolutely. All right. So Jesus, you see in the Gospels, is baptized by John the Baptist, right? Um, and he says, uh, permit it to fulfill all righteousness, right? Because John the Baptist didn't want to do it. He says, I have need to be baptized by you, but you're coming to me. Like, wait, this is out of order, out of sorts here. And the Lord says, no, 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 permit it at this time to fulfill all righteousness. And John the Baptist being the first one to to come immersing or baptizing, depending on your translation, right? But it was not the first baptism. In 1 Corinthians 10 and uh, verse 2, Paul talks about how the children of Israel were baptized into Moses' baptism. And where do we see that? When Under the parting of the Red Sea, right? They were dead. They were literally at the end, about to die, and the Lord still makes a way. And they come out <laughs> through the Red Sea, the other end of the Red Sea, and they're alive. But the Egyptians didn't make it. They didn't cho- choose to believe in the Lord, right? And you see that same thing with Joshua, if you will, as an extension or continuance of Moses' baptism, where, um, like the Red Sea, they crossed the Jordan. Same thing on dry ground, right? But then you, you brought up a, another great point of uh, free will, right? And um, I have to find the scripture here real quick. Um, but it says that the Lord wills that none should perish. Second um, Peter 3, 9, right? The Lord wills that none should perish, right? That's his, his desire for our lives, is to re-enter the heavenly community and spend eternity with him, right? Yes. Okay. But let's let's look at something here, right? We have a will. And we see that specifically stated by Jesus in the garden, where he buffets his flesh in prayer, right? And he says, not my will, but your will be done, right? Yes. And, and I bring this up for a number of reasons, right? Well, Dean bringing it up, I'm answering your question. But there are a number of different ways and contexts that this can go, right? First and foremost, eternal life, right? We can choose, and this is some of the things that we've been talking about, to be in alignment with the Lord and His will for our lives. <coughs> Excuse me. And let's also look. So Jesus, who, who is God, and came to the earth in the flesh, still was God, and is God, right? Died, buried, resurrected, ascended into heaven, right? So still is God. The Lord of all the earth came to the earth, right? Lord of all creation, created everything that is and was and will be and spoke things into existence that were not, right? And I think John says, um, nothing was in the world that was without without him, right? Yes. That's a paraphrasing. But he says something to that effect, right? 
Yes. And then we were all, I'm also going to put in context with spiritual loss. What happened when he was in his hometown? He could do nothing but a few small miracles. So let's think about that for a minute. The creator of heaven and earth and everything therein could only do a few small miracles in that town. And he pronounced woes to them, right? And he says, if the miracles that happen in other places, right, were done here, like, they would have turned. They would have done all these things. Let's look at the why. People didn't believe. Their will was in opposition to the Lord. They did not believe what he said. So spiritual laws, the Lord willed that they should all be healed. He came, right? And we talked about this, I don't know, maybe last week or, you know, um, within the past week or so, about the Lord being the last Adam, came and operated as Adam did in the garden, right? Knowing the Lord provided everything and he was, his role and responsibility was to, to pave a way for our salvation. And also, while he was sent to the house of the lost, or sorry, to, yes, the sheep of the, lo- of the lost sheep of the house of Israel, excuse me, lost sheep of the house of Israel, while he was sent there, it was to guard and govern, tearing up weeds, removing them, right, and guarding. And you see that through his ministry, we brought that, right, casting out demons and healing the sick and all those other things, which was also the Lord's will, right? There's a, a reconciliation, yes. a restoration back to how things should have been, right? Yes. Okay, and he's given us that same thing. But, and as, let's put it in context here, the people's will was against that. It was in opposition. And the Lord didn't override their will, and I'm going to heal you anyway, right? No, it said he could only do a few small miracles. Why? Because he's given us free will. So if we choose to not receive what he wants to give us under his will, if we choose to not believe, he doesn't override it. He allows you to have what you want, which is the thing. You're choosing that over Christ. Now, let's get back to the salvation. Right, we just read in Second Peter, he wills that none should perish. That's his desire. Right? But all would have everlasting life. Yes? Or spend yes. eternal life with him. But if someone chooses to be in opposition, if they choose to go to hell, then that's their will, and he has to accept their choice. He doesn't override and say, oh, no, that's okay. You live however you want, and then you can still spend eternity. No. He says, These, this is what's required. You must believe. You must have faith, right? Being in alignment with the Lord. So, and that's for everything, everything in our lives, healing or finances or what name and aspect of life, right? Because as we look at Christ, our pattern example, every aspect of his life was in alignment with the Lord. He's our pattern example. We should be conformed to his image. It matters. But if we choose to not be, and he's given us free will. We we have the ability. And I hope I hope people are listening or understand. I, I'm in, I encourage you to get your will in alignment with the Lord's will, because in there is the blessing and the benefit. Right? Seek first the kingdom and His righteousness, and then all these things are added to you. But if we choose to be in opposition, then we are the ones that open the door 
for the enemy to have a foothold. Well, I think, uh, Lila, what did you say about awakening the spirit? You know, in in the birth of coming from the baptism, right? What mm-hmm. were you saying? Um, so when you're born again, your spirit man is alive and it's awake to God and it wants to do the things of God, but you still have that soul, that the mind, the will, and emotions that still want to do the things that the flesh wants to do. And it's your job to buffet that and keep it under submission mm-hmm. so that it's not overpowering your spirit's desire to do god's thing god's work right so like we talked we keep we've been bringing up a lot in the last few podcasts i made the comment about the uh, putting a excellent plate of food on the top of somebody's grave they're not going to come out of the grave and eat it they have no they have no fleshly appetite left mm-hmm. that that death of the physical body in um for lack of a better term it's symbolic for now Mm-hmm. But the uh, birth of the spiritual man is not symbolic. It's real. It has happened. It is. Mm-hmm. We are seated at that moment in the heavenly places with Jesus Amen. at the right hand of the Father. So yes. that appetite is awakened. Mm-hmm. And that appetite is not the flesh. It is not, it's not physical food. It is the things of God. Mm-hmm. And so God, who said all things that he created are good, is good. His, he has a purpose behind it. So now we... You have to choose, as John is saying, which appetite will we feed in this moment? Yes. Which are we going to sow to, the spirit or the flesh? And the reality is, is that all of us continue to struggle with that. And we ideally, as we grow and mature, we feed the flesh less and the spirit more. Mm-hmm. But that's just that's the real, and and that's kind of where I was kind of going was that part, mm-hmm. John. Of you know, as far as God is concerned, the flesh is dead. It doesn't even exist anymore. All he sees us in, because of Christ, is seated at the right hand with him. Absolutely. But we're still living out the reality that we have right now until the fullness comes of everything else. We are working out our own soul salvation, as it says, right? Yeah. And um, which is important. But we we can choose to even rejoice in that. Right? We can. But all, and we should be pursuing to be conformed to the image of Christ. And living as he lived. And we were talking about that in a previous podcast. Yeah, it's it's difficult. And, and in the flesh is downright impossible. It is impossible to do it in the flesh. It cannot happen. We are the righteousness in Christ Jesus. Only in him do we live and have our being. That's it. I can't do it without him. And he even said, without me, you can do nothing. So why would we even try why try to carry it out in our flesh? It's impossible. He just says it. it. We just read that scripture in Hebrews. It's impossible. But the Lord already made the way. He made the way through himself that we can go to the Father, that we can, I'll say, be one with him. He doesn't see our, our sin and our, right? He, he sees himself, his son through us. Now, I'm not saying we're the same as God, right? That's Philippians, right? The Lord carried about that oneness. I am, I and the Father are one. But that was a commitment. That was a level of commitment. And he stood or remained in that. And we too should do the same thing. Never, He never let go of how close he was with the Father. The Father wasn't somewhere far off, right? That yes. he could... Yes. commits in and then think he escaped or got away with it. No, 
He lived pure and holy and blameless because that was his delight, and he wanted to the Father to be pleased with him. And it's no different for us. And I know it sounds difficult, but I, I would ask and encourage each of us to bring it before the Lord and to, to allow him to, to speak and minister through his Holy Spirit in our lives, revealing things that need to be dealt with, and then us uprooting them or replacing them with truth, which is his word, which is Christ in our lives. That's the only way it can be done. And allow him to have that, that place and that reign and freedom in our lives. Being committed to him, our desire, because we love him with our entire being, spirit, soul, body, heart, strength, everything, entirety of our being, that we are obedient to him and to his leading as a bondservant. So if you find that you're still um, haven't accomplished a level of victory that you would like to accomplish in that, um, and if this ministry can be of any help, please reach out to us. Let us know. You can reach us at the dayofprayer.org. Or you can contact us by email with any questions. Uh, if you have a prayer, if you have for this, if you need counseling because of this area where you're struggling, if you need, uh, uh, you reach out. We'll do everything we can to connect with you, provide you whatever resource we can for you to step into the fullness of this. Uh, it is something that we all desire to attain to. And in this side of eternity, none of us will fully achieve it, but we are happy to walk along with you as our brother or sister in Christ in that. So uh, you can reach us at a day of prayer at yahoo.com as well, too. So Amen. look forward to hearing from you and getting your feedback and, and, and joining you and being alongside you and, uh, as, our, as our body together. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for that, brother. Um, there's a lot, and it's deep and it's heavy. And, um, so let's pause there for today. And, you know, look over the scripture, search it for yourselves, please. As Dean just pointed out, if you have any questions, if you need prayer or for anything, for healing, for deliverance, contact us. Let us know. We'd love to be a part of ministering to your needs. So, um, with that, can I get someone to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, LaCharles. Lord, just thank you, Lord. Just thank you for that. You have control over every situation that we face, Lord, and that you know exactly what's going to happen, Lord, and you can help us to get through that situation, Lord. Lord, I also just thank you for how you've placed everything inside our lives, Lord, so that way we don't have to worry, Lord, but we can trust in you and that you have got it, Lord, and that you do have it and can accomplish it, and you can do everything that you have for us to do, Lord. Lord, I also just thank you for your Holy Spirit and that Jesus died on the cross for us, Lord, so that way we could have eternal life with you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you, God bless you, and have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, 
Take care and God bless you.